Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Trevor Davis here with the Total Wealth Academy radio show broadcasting straight from the AM700 KSEV studio. I hope everybody had a great time over the last couple of weeks when I have been off. Um, unfortunately, I did get COVID-19. Um, I was sick for two whole weeks, and then last week I finally got over it, tested negative, and then I was on vacation, so it has been a while. So thank you all so much for tuning in today. And of course, with my show, I want to start off with Albert Einstein's quote, which is, the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. We're changing all the time, whether we like it or not. We all know the change that we're familiar with, which is getting older, because everybody's getting older at all times. And we seem to attach a certain sort of preference to being younger, of course, but there are a lot of things that get better with age, in my opinion, and no matter what, we can't control that, so we need to take advantage of it and realize that sooner or later, one of the changes that's going to come to us is that we do not want to work anymore or we physically cannot work any longer. And when that point comes, we want to be in a financial position to where we're not going to be a burden on our families and we're not going to have to rely upon the government to pay our bills. If we're going to rely on the government, what's going to happen is that the average person is looking at about $172,000 saved up. And when you combine that with the Social Security payments, which you've been paying every single month, you're going to be looking at right around $2,500 per month. And that sounds kind of okay, but that's ending up at just $30,000 per year. And I think most of us hopefully want to get somewhere far beyond $30,000 a year. That's right there in the middle of the average income of an American in the United States. When we're old, when we're in retirement, we're going to want to have income that not only meets our needs, but exceeds our wants and our needs. So we can do the things that we really want to do and do a lot of the things that we may not have had the time to do whenever we were younger and we were working. So $30,000 for most people is not what they want in retirement. But I want to be careful here and identify the fact that for some people, that is perfectly fine. And ultimately, for those people, it's perfectly okay to pursue that. But you have to acknowledge some of the risks that come with that and some of the dangers that come with that when you've got increased medical bills. There are a lot of things that can happen that we do not expect, and it could be something else besides medical issues. It could be something happens to your vehicle, your home, someone else in your family gets sick, and you're the one who's responsible for taking care of them. You want to be protected as much as possible, and having a high income allows you to protect yourself in many, many ways. And 
I think everybody knows that, and it becomes one of those things that's not so pretty to say, but having high income, having high savings is one of the most important things you can do for yourself and your family's prosperity as well as security for now and the future. So we need to detach ourselves from some of the politics of how we approach being rich because it's just something you need to do no matter what you believe in or who you vote for or which party you like. You have to build wealth to allow your family to prosper and you to prosper. Is it going to be fair for everybody? Maybe not. But you have to be fair to yourself and your family first and foremost. Put your mask on, as they say on the plane, before you help and serve other people. Never forget that part of what we're doing and part of what we're doing in real estate is for the purpose of allowing ourselves to build significant wealth, to do the fun stuff that we want to do. And that's not selfish per se, as long as you're doing this through helping and serving other people. So that is by definition from Stephen Covey, a win-win situation. You help and serve other people, you're getting income for your help and service, and therefore you help and serve yourself. And it just keeps going back and forth over and over and over again. Today's news, um, we're not talking about Uvalde, there was a very big development with that, but I'm talking about the raising that we identified last month where we saw that there was a 0.75 interest rate hike from the Fed. Well, what we have today is that we hit an inflation of 9.1% this month from a year ago as it's measured, and that's the highest rate in four decades. Literally, it has not been at this pace since November 1981, which is right around the time that Ronald Reagan became president. We're looking at some of the most challenging economic scenarios and possibilities right now that are going to cause radical changes that are going to bring out what is going to be a down market. Now, at this phase, I've been getting a lot of people that keep saying it's not going to be that bad of a down market. That is over and over again the same thing that I hear from people who comment on this new down market that is going to come. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, down markets are always going to happen. And I don't know if the idea that this is going to be not that bad of a down market is just optimism, which I don't necessarily have a problem with, but the signs are very, very strong that this is going to be a very serious down market. If you've ever watched The Big Short, and I want to say his name is John Barry. I don't think that's the right first name, but he's the guy that was acted by Christian Bale in the movie. He's the guy that was the leader of the stock portfolio. Um, and he's the guy that was in his office listening to Metallica tracks and basically doing air drums in the air and acting crazy. And he was the one that prevented his investors from taking their money out because he knew 
that if he did the correct thing and took advantage of the short, he was going to make himself and his investors a lot of money. But they were very fearful and they were trying to get all of their money out. Recently, just a couple weeks ago, he tweeted a very, very serious comment that effectively said, all the signs are here, this storm is coming, and it's going to be very, very bad. If there's anybody who is qualified to comment on preparing for a down market and perhaps taking advantage of a down market, it's this man because he literally did that during the stock market crash of 2007 and 2008. So I think that that advice is extremely qualified and he's someone that should be listened to. Um, once we come back from the break, we'll keep going over the stock market and what's going on in this upcoming down market. So stay tuned. This is Total Wealth Academy Radio Show. If you have money in an IRA, 401k, or other retirement account, you can use it to invest passively in real estate without tax or penalty. Our average rate of return is three times that of the stock market and mutual funds with much less volatility. If you have over $70,000, you can start passive investing today. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. I found the name because I knew I didn't get it completely right. It's Michael Burry from The Big Short. He was the guy that Christian Bale acted as. And a couple weeks ago, he was talking about the down market that's going to come this year or maybe next year. And he said, people say I didn't warn last time. I did, but no one listened. So I warned this time and still no one listens, but I will have proof I warned. And again, the qualifications of this man at this point speak for themselves because he was involved in the stock market. He was involved with making sure people made as much money whenever they invested with him. And from the down market, he took part in what's now called the big short. You see how it's done in the movie. And he made a bunch of money and he made his investors a bunch of money. And he almost got in serious trouble because he was keeping them from withdrawing their money. And they were very, very angry at that because they were trying not to lose their money because they heard the news, they watched the news, and they thought everybody was going to lose money in their recession. But they ended up not doing that. So they ended up being very happy with him, even though he scared their pants off. Um, if you want to call in, give us a call, 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-5738. In case you want to talk about what might happen with the stock market or what's going to happen with the market in general with real estate, or if you have any real estate-related questions, give us a call at 281-558-5738, and my name is Trevor. And if you want to send an email, you can send an email, ask at TotalWealthAcademy.com, ask at TotalWealthAcademy.com, including if you want a free copy of the book, Richest Man in Babylon, I'll send you the free PDF. I answer all my emails after the show ends at 2 o'clock, so I can send that to you no problem. With all this being known, we have to be making sure that we're not going to be stuck in a position where all of our value is in something like a retirement account, like a 401k or an IRA, 
and we just have to basically grin and bear it whenever a down market comes. And that's something I hear about all of the time because the vast majority of people that come to us at Total Wealth Academy have 401ks and IRAs. With the first question being, of course, what can I do with the 401k and IRA? There are a couple of different options for you to use them. There are ways to take it out tax-free. There are ways to shift it over into a different type of account, including a 401k trust that allows you to direct it completely on your own. There are a couple of different options. And again, most people come to us with them. And if you're feeling like you're stuck just getting the results of the 401k and IRA that you have with no say whatsoever in what your money's doing, there are options for you to use that money tax-free. And of course, if you want to bite the bullet and take that money out and take tax penalties, that's an option as well. And quite frankly, a lot of people, including myself, would advise you to do that in some situations because if you can get your money back into your control outside of corporate America's grasp, then you're going to have the ability to make a significantly higher rate of return, of course, as long as you're doing this correctly. How do you do it correctly? You need to learn how to do it correctly. And of course, that's what we do at Total Wealth Academy and why we're the most effective at it in the entire Houston area. If you want to learn about how to do real estate, we can teach you how to do that step by step by step, no matter where you're starting. And whenever you're starting out small, it's going to be single family, it's going to be single family rentals, or even wholesaling, you can even do flips. And once you're able to get to a point, though, that you can buy a rental, that is the most important thing that you need to do is to get a rental piece of property as soon as possible. That is your primary goal because that's going to secure you cash flow. That is the main thing that you need to start replacing your income, building up monthly cash flow from properties that are semi-passive. We need to use the term fully passive for things that you don't lift a finger on or take any phone calls about. And technically that's not going to get to 100, 100%, but 99% definitely, but semi-passive is going to be, you know, you need to manage your properties. If you want to get a manager for it, you can do that. But a good competently trained person can easily handle 10 houses with just, I mean, literally 30 minutes to an hour a week. And that's not exaggerating whatsoever. I mean, there's some weeks where you're not going to need to do anything because your properties are all leased up. There aren't any maintenance calls, which aren't that frequent to begin with, and no one's chatting you, and no one's late on their rent or anything like that. There are literally some weeks where you're not going to have to do anything. A lot of people come in, and they're very, very fearful about managing single-family property. Having done it, and spoken with everybody else that's done it too, it's radically easy as long as you're going to do the correct techniques because you can't have an easy attitude towards it to make it easy. When you're in a business situation, to make it easy, you have to approach it as a true business person. 
which sometimes means being a bear. But the best way to handle that is to be a bear up front, make it to where you seem like a real tough person and a very, very serious business manager. And then once they move in, you can be nice as you want. That's what gets the best results in general. But especially whenever you're dealing with renters, you want to make it to where you're very serious up front. You are a bit of a bear. You answer these questions about the rental process politely, but directly. You're not being flowery. You're not trying to sell them this property, if that makes sense. A good property that's been properly rehabbed, that's got a good rent rate, doesn't need to be sold. You don't need to use a bunch of sales techniques to get people to rent property. It's a very, very different type of industry when it comes to the sales. You need to be direct. You need to be able to set up an appointment with them where you say, I'm doing a showing on Thursday and I'm doing a showing on Saturday this week. Here's the time. Other people will be there as well. Can you make it? And of course, in a situation, they that situation, they come out, they look at it, you answer the questions, they like it, they decide to put down their application. And you need to make sure that you get the deposit with the application as well as your application fees. No ifs, ands, or buts, or exceptions whatsoever to that rule. This is where they are seeing how serious of a landlord you're going to be. If you're going to make even one single exception during this application process, it's going to end up biting you in the butt later on. You have to have the same exact process for every single person. You have to make sure that you're following this process step by step by step so they understand that you're a serious landlord, you follow the rules, you follow follow federal regulation, and you're going to be serious whenever they move into the house. So they're not going to mess around with you. That is easily the best thing I can give to people who want advice on being a landlord. Be tough up front. Don't be rude. Don't be a jackass. But you have to be direct and you have to be able to let these people know that you are very, very serious about your business because this is not anything other than a business. It's not a charity. It doesn't matter that this is a housing situation. This is a business. This is your family's livelihood. This is your livelihood. You paid for this property. You paid for the rehab or you got loans for it, but you're responsible for it. This is your project. This is your business. And you need to take it as seriously as that fact merits. Now, we have to also take a look at this situation as to what is going to happen, when it's going to happen with the stock market. We don't know exactly when it's going to happen. The best prediction that I'm getting from people is it's going to be by the end of the year or the beginning of next year. But I don't know. No one really knows. You can bang your head against the television watching stock news every single day. And quite frankly, you're going to be as informed about it as I am because I don't watch television and I don't watch the news because I think that that is not a good use of your time. And 
Maybe that's up for debate, but I just don't like spending my time on the news. I get basic news from um, certain social media apps like Reddit where I get flashes of some of the most important stuff, and that's about it. But ultimately, we don't know when it's going to happen. But because we don't know when it's going to happen, we have to make sure that we've got assets that prepare for the unknown. You already know which asset I recommend, which is, of course, real estate. The real estate is something that's very effective during both the up and down markets. That's important because it's effective during the up and down markets. Simple enough. But it's also not a matter of just buying low and selling high. It's nowhere near the gambling nature that stocks are so similar to. And I'm sure some people could take issue with that statement. But when you don't know exactly what that money is going to do in a stock, that is gambling. That's not how real estate works whatsoever. So we're going to go into the analysis of real estate once we get back. From the break, this is a Total Wealth Academy radio show, and this is Trevor Davis, your host. teach their kids differently than the poor and middle class. We are teaching our students what the rich teach their kids. Learn why saving your way to retirement doesn't work and how to build a second stream of income that comes in for the rest of your life. This allows you to retire at any age and simply enjoy more of your life with peace of mind about your financial future. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. This is Trevor Davis with the Total Wealth Academy radio show. The current update through the Fed is that they are looking at raising the base interest rate again. They already did it 0.75 points, but it looks like in two weeks they are probably going to do it again and probably most definitely is really the way to describe it. And they might even raise it a full point which this article considers a monster hike of a full percentage point. So that is their main tool for reining in the inflation that is getting so high and is actually getting worse month over month because we're seeing the extreme point of this high market. And it's not just sunshine and roses all the time in a, even a high market. There are consequences for staying in a high market for too long, just as there are consequences for being in a down market for too long. Besides the fact that many of you are probably wondering, well, aren't negative consequences really with the down market to begin with? Well, yes and no. There's really a lot of reasons why the market does what it does, and I'm not a professional economist, but there have to be ups and downs in the market. And there's a lot of refining that comes through it. It's almost a way for the stronger, better designed companies and systems to survive while the things that don't really need to be there are cut during the down markets, which is something that sounds very, very brutal. But that's the reality of the situation. And that's just something that we're still dealing with. 
whenever we still have these systems in place working the way that they do. Now, let's talk about the difference between analyzing stocks versus real estate. The majority of stock information I see is coming from people that are well-versed in stocks, that say that they are invested in stocks and have been investing in stocks for very long periods of time. And I guess my biggest issue here is that I'm not familiar with anybody who's made millions just through traditional stock market investing. Not somebody that I've met, somebody that I've heard about, interacted with, and being in the real estate world and being raised in the real estate world, there's the bias of exposure, which I can understand. But I've met many, many people that succeed in real estate. And my favorite one ones are the ones that go from the stocks and getting no results to real estate. Boom. All of a sudden, they're making... 15, 20, 25, 30% on their money or more when they were barely getting by with four, five, 6% in the stock market year over year, which is, you know, consistent with the average that we see. The average being in the stock market 10%, then you account for inflation, which typically is around 3% to 4%. So that ends up being 6 to 7% once you hack that off. But of course, when you're looking at inflation that is much higher, like we're looking at now, the returns are weaker, not to mention the fact that everybody's money is getting weaker during periods of high inflation. That's devaluation of our money. That means that your savings are not getting stronger. They're getting weaker. There are many reasons why we need a little bit of inflation, according to The Economist. And the main one is that if we have deflation, that means people who literally sit around and do nothing with their money are actually making money because their money's getting stronger, which sounds good, but that doesn't equate to economic activity. If you can literally just keep your money in a bank account and not improve houses, not improve infrastructure, not build a business, not create farms, not feed people, not provide transportation, this, that, and the other, the economy is going to be in an even worse situation. So a little bit of you're in trouble if you do, you're in trouble if you don't, but there are pros and cons to both situations. But overall, our economic strategy has set the goal of having inflation to make sure that we require that people enact business strategies to increase their money, which ends up causing economic activity all over the place. Whenever you're looking at a piece of real estate, you're going to perform a comparative market analysis. You're going to look at what the house next door is worth. You're going to look at what the house down the street is worth that are comparable to your target property. So let's just use some easy numbers and say we're looking at a 2,000-square-foot house. It's got four bedrooms, it's got two and a half baths, and it's got an attached two-car garage. So we need to look at houses 
that are about 200 square feet, 10, 10% of that square footage within range, have that same amount of bedroom, have the same amount of bath, and a two-car attached garage within approximately two miles. Now, you're going to draw that big, fat two-mile circle around the target property, and you're going to pull the properties that match that description. Now, keep in mind that whenever you're using a property analysis software, it's a piece of code. It's not a human being that can correctly 100% differentiate between what type of neighborhoods are there, what is the lot amenity quality amongst a couple of other things. So you have to make sure that you're looking at the properties that it pulls and making sure they are truly comparable, not just based on those, but also very importantly, the level of upgrade to the property. If you're going to do a flip, for example, you need to see that the properties that are being compared are fully flip tier renovations. So you need to see the nice granite, the nice floors, the beautiful fixtures. You want to see all the bells and whistles and the comps. So let's say you end up getting a value for that house of 250000 You look through your comps and you end up seeing that, hey, a couple of those comps are houses that have not been rehabbed. They're actually very average in quality, and there's actually one in there that's a straight-up mess, a dump. So you cut those comps out. You look at the comps that are matching to what you want it to be rehabbed, and now you see that it's worth 275000 So that's what we're looking at if you're going to be doing that type of improvement. You have to match the improvements to what you're going to do with this property. Flip tier is going to have all the bells and whistles. You know, there's a little bit of adjustment based on the neighborhoods. If you're going into a higher end neighborhood that's 400,000 and up, then you have to make sure you have every single bell and whistle and more to match what those flip tiers in those neighborhoods are going for. You can go a little lower whenever you're less than that 400,000, but honestly, there's a lot of benefits to making sure you're identifying what's going on in your market. And if you can do some more to it and get more payout, then you're going to get that increased profit. So make sure you're identifying exactly what type of rehab you need to be doing with these properties. And then with the rentals, you have to make sure that you're not going too extravagant because this is not a flip. This needs to be safe, functional, clean, modern, contemporary, pretty, and just perfect for somebody that wants a nice house to live in. So I'm not a big fan of carpet. There's a lot of people that like carpet. I generally try to avoid it, but in the bedrooms, I don't really have an issue with using carpet. That's a big question I get a lot is the carpet question. You know, should you go for no carpet whatsoever in your rental? If it's me, me, like I'm going to opt for some sort of like PVC, plank wood on the floor, something very practical and cost effective that's very reliable, doesn't scuff, looks nice, deals with high traffic. I like Tile floors in my common areas, that's a very, very good flooring for rentals. They're easy to replace. Because they're segmented 
and modular, if someone drops something and breaks a tile, well, first of all, you say, well, tenant, because this was broken on your watch, you're responsible for this. This is a replacement cost. You're responsible for paying for it. Okay, besides that, then that's replaced and it's not a big project and it's very, very small damage. So that's a plus for me for tile. Whenever people ask me what is the recommended color, it's not so much white anymore. That's more for the higher end where you're going for like the um, oiled bronze fixtures and more of that white paint on the walls, sort of like the dark, dark brown, black colors on the white. That's like that ultra contemporary look we're at now. Agreeable gray is the paint I like to use. That's a very, very modern, clean looking. It's got some beige undertones to it. That's a great choice for rentals. And you'll see that when you're matching them out. So agreeable gray, that's at Sherwin-Williams. That is the go-to rental paint right now. I mean, I see this paint every place now. Very modern, very clean, very cheap, very easy, and very, very reliable. So that's a very, very useful tool. And with those rentals, something that I really like to make sure it's in there is granite countertops. There's a lot of people that like to do the laminate, but I cannot stand laminate, so just get some reasonable granite and do that for those rentals as well. We will be heading into the last segment of the Total Wealth Academy radio show, y'all. This is Trevor Davis, and stay tuned. There's an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And that is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that is going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars over the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, attend our free sample class at TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Final segment of the show today, folks. This is Trevor Davis with the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thank you all so much for tuning in and happy Wednesday, of course. I hope your week is going well. We just finished with a little bit of details on taking care of analyzing these single family properties. And really, I'm I'm not quite done with that point because there is there is a whole lot more to it. And there's a whole lot of tricks and traps when it comes to analyzing single-family property. You have to make sure to emphasize again that you're matching it to the neighborhood and you're making sure that the lot is correct and it's appropriate to the others. It's not on a busy street and you're not getting comps for houses that are not really apples-to-apples comparables. Now, make sure... If you're going to see a house that you can bring along a contractor with you, this isn't always possible because sometimes you can't get a contractor in time and that's okay. You should be able to take enough pictures or maybe even do a video to send to them to give them a comprehensive idea. The biggest things that you need to look at in these properties is the foundational systems. And one of those foundational systems, unsurprisingly, is the foundation itself. You need to look for cracks in the walls, cracks in the ceilings, 
doors that don't open or close correctly, windows that don't open or close, shifts in the floors, bulbs, bends in the wood, anything that looks like this house is shifting too much. We say too much because on the slabs that we are based on here in Houston, on fairly soft soil that's clay-based, they're shifting all the time. They are not perfectly stationary. There's no such thing as a perfectly stationary foundation, but the slab being just a giant slab of concrete um, slapped into the ground, and then you put a house on top, if something starts leaning on one side, the whole thing is trying to lean that way, but this thing being a gigantic concrete block, it's going to start easing pressure by cracking, and those cracks are going to transfer up and up and up through the house and be magnified by the fact that the house is higher up. So you're going to see some interesting stuff. You need to make sure that the foundation is understood going into the project. Question I get a lot is, is the foundation a deal breaker? The answer is, nothing is a deal breaker. The money is a deal breaker. If the cost to repair something or repair the whole project makes it a non-profitable deal. There are professionals out there that can fix literally every single issue with the house. Everything that could be wrong with the house can be fixed by a professional for the right price. So there is no deal killer issue with the property for me. As long as the price is going to be correct, they're going to negotiate it down if necessary, and I know exactly what it's going to cost to get it fixed, that's not an issue. If you've got some sort of lot issue that's in the middle of litigation for, or there's a title issue, those are different deals, and those are a little bit severe, and the title stuff is a reason why there's title insurance these days on every single transaction that goes through. So that's not really an issue you have to worry about, but that would be a deal killer because if there's something going on that's going to be something I'd have to deal with like that, I don't want to deal with that. That's not something I can account for or effectively know what I'm going to be paying for. That's not going to be worth it. But if the foundation is a problem and I know that, hey, this is a $5,000 repair and this is part of the repair budget that we're looking at of 40000 or 50000 or less or more. And I know with that, with the price and the sales price or the rental rate, it's going to be a profitable deal. There's no problem with the foundation repair. That's not a deal-killing issue. And that's definitely not something I want anybody to approach a deal with the idea that if there's any foundation issues, you can't do this deal. That's not accurate and that's going to make you lose what could potentially be a very profitable deal because the next person saw that it cost this much saw that with that cost and with the rehab it was a profitable deal and you passed just because you didn't want to deal with the foundation besides foundation roof the roof has to be made correct maybe you need some roof repair maybe it needs a whole new roof but that's another thing that needs to be accounted for there are professionals that do roofs all over Houston that do a great job. That's not a deal killer either. Roof is very important, though. Make sure you understand what this roof is doing, how many years it has, if there are any leaks. And honestly, it seems like good roofs last a lot longer than even they say with the shingles. 
because, I mean, at my parents' house, for example, that roof has been on now for going on 30 years, and it's still perfectly fine, and it's not even that really nice sort of fish scale looking design with the shingles where they're layered over. I believe that's called the three-tier shingle system. It's just the regular, just brick looking shingle system. That's not as strong, still no issues working perfectly fine. So just make sure that the roof is okay with these properties. Take a look, get on top of it. If you can, you have to make sure that the roof is going to be okay. Now, when we're specifically talking about being a landlord and getting the correct things fixed, the number one thing you can do as a landlord in Houston, and really anywhere in the state of Texas, has to do with how hot it is in Texas. It is a hot place to live. Not just temperature, but also real estate market, as everybody's in all over creation seems to be coming over here and living here now. But Texas is a very hot place, and here in Houston, we're known as the AC capital of the world. You need to make sure that your AC system is fixed and is perfect when you're going to rent this unit. Everything about your AC system needs to be checked, inspected, fixed perfectly before you have a tenant in there. Because what do you think is the most annoying and most tenant relation damaging issue you could have at your property. A failed AC system in the middle of July, like today, we're in the middle of July, and we have a heat index warning today, and I just got the email from Centerpoint. You do not want your tenants calling you saying that it's 90 degrees in their house. Don't do that to yourself. Make sure that when you look at a property, you're looking at the condenser, you're looking at if it's old, they typically get about 10, 15 years out there, depending on who makes it. Check the Freon levels. This is something that an AC professional needs to do. Sometimes it's just the Freon. Check the motor and heater inside. Check the AC filter. Sometimes an AC issue is as simple as replacing the AC filter, but you need to make sure that if you have to fix an AC system and getting into a rental, you understand what it's going to cost. You understand that you need to replace a condenser for $2,000 to $3,000, the blower system inside for about $2,000, $3,000, so that whole system right there is about $6,000. Deal breaker? Absolutely not, as long as the numbers add up and it makes it a profitable deal. And to be completely honest, if I was looking at a property that needed an AC fix completely, that would actually be a plus for me as a rental. That would be a huge plus because I would know that I fixed the AC system. I got everything working to 100% capacity. It's brand new, not only inside with the blower and the heater, but also outside with the condenser. The Freon is the newest Freon there is. It's going to be a perfect AC situation. That's going to keep a happy tenant and the plus being an efficient system, their electrical bills are going to be lower. That's going to be a small bonus for them when they know that their bills are going to be smaller each month electricity wise. And it's a huge selling point 
that's going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest selling point you can give to tenants for your property. Again, you don't have to sell like a used car salesman by any means whenever you are getting your properties rented. It's not like that at all. You just have to demonstrate that this is clean, functional, and you're going to be a good landlord. You're going to take care of your business and you're going to take care of your tenant. But that AC system, I cannot stress enough, make sure you get your ACs fixed out there. Don't give yourself a tenant that's going to melt in the middle of summer. Not a good gift for you as a landlord. Looks like we are going to be wrapping up here in the next couple of minutes. So besides the foundation, besides the roof, besides the AC system, next thing, of course, is going to be the plumbing and electrical systems. You need to know that you don't have aluminum wiring in there. That's a fire hazard. The plumbing, you don't have any backups. You don't have any drain issues. You don't have any spots in the walls where it looks like a pipe has broken recently or in the past. Major systems like that, those are not deal breakers either. Um, you know, I have to reemphasize this because I always get asked about which things are deal breakers. And again, nothing is a deal breaker. Look at these deals, folks. Analyze them correctly. Look at the numbers and get your rehab estimates done. Any deal can work for you as long as the numbers work. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. My name is Trevor Davis, Wealth Coach at TotalWealthAcademy.com, and I will see you all next Wednesday. You've been listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.